Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Kristen. We'd like to welcome you to the writer's story. It is a steamy August in Virginia, but Kristen isn't in Virginia. I'm not. I'm in northern Minnesota, where you would think that it would be quite the opposite. And indeed, it is a lot cooler, but dry and hot. And I have availed myself of Lake Superior right out the door here and jumped in when it gets too hot. And boy, that'll cool you down. Fast. <laughs> Do your toes yeah. go numb? <laughs> it's, a, it's a thrill. Yeah, actually, it's it's really great. There's a wonderful place to swim. Um, we call it Park Point. It's technically Minnesota Point, and it's the longest freshwater sand beach in the world. I think they say. Anyway, so like a lot of sand beaches, it is shallow for a long ways out. And if the wind is right, the surface water from the lake all comes in and it's nice and warm, relatively speaking. It's easily swimmable, but also still refreshing, especially if you let your body dip below the first three inches of water. <laughs> My family... <laughs> Anyway, it's great. It's great. Yeah. My family used to go to uh, Lake Tahoe when I was a kid, and I just, it would be like you'd get so hot, and then I'd start wading in the water and go, oh my God, I'm so cold. And then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That jump in, can't breathe effect. Oh. Actually, it's, yeah. If we did that in, like, right out the shore where I am right now, it would be very, very cold. But down on Minnesota Point, it's, um, it's pretty nice for swimming. Yeah, nice. so I've done a little bit of that, but, you know, mostly hanging out with my pops and having a good time. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, well, yeah. We are. we have an exciting guest today, um, Marie Lamba, who we're going to call up in a minute. But um, one of the things that's interesting about Marie that we're going to talk to her a little bit about is she writes in different genres. And... You know, I know that you write in different genres, Kristen. Um, I as have, do you, Meredith. As, as do I. <laughs> we are all guilty as charged. <laughs> and, I, and I think sometimes it's an interesting process to try to figure out what your genre is going to be when you start writing. What's, what questions do you ask yourself when you start writing? Yeah. So for me, some things have just begun in whatever genre they end in. Um, but others, I think about this um, project, a kind of um, speculative fiction project that started as a novel. And then because I saw a contest of a screenplay that fit sort of the general arc of the story I thought oh I should write it as a screenplay but honestly I think it's more of a novel because there's so much world building that has to happen and only so much time you have in a screenplay so that's one of the things I guess between screenplay and and a novel that has been um but important I, but I don't know so I struggle with that so with some projects I struggle with that how well, about you well I was just going to finish with the screenplay I don't know if it's necessarily a different genre it's definitely a different form but I think um, you said in the past that you found that the screenplay is useful for finding out a story and I've written something stories as a screenplay and then switched to novel writing and it is a really interesting process it is um it's it's definitely a different 
way of writing a story because obviously you have more dialogue the dialogue is more important or you know you have not that much room to describe because it's going to be up to the director and that kind of thing but it can really help you with story beats so that that's a really yes. useful thing to get your um story into its sort of thinnest form <laughs> yeah yes the structure uh structural elements of screenplay I find very useful for fiction but other genre I think about I wrote a novel that I imagined as an adult novel a novel for adults of, of a normal length that has a protagonist who is 12 years old and I was told um and we should I should know better than to just go with whatever some industry professional has said. You can't do that because we know you can do all sorts of things. But she said, oh, you cannot have an adult novel with a 12-year-old protagonist. It must be a middle grade novel. So I reshaped the whole thing. And I've since come to think, no, you know what? I kind of liked it the way it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I have a similar experience to you where sometimes the person telling the story turns out to be a kid. And then the question is, does that have to be YA? And and yeah, I, there's plenty of examples of adult novels with with um, children as narrators. Yeah. So whatever rule yeah. is, is it really a rule? It just I think sometimes you can give yourself maybe more challenges for a book than perhaps you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough already. Well, I'll be really interested to ask Marie some of those questions too. Yeah, no, and absolutely. And I and I think that I've grappled with it a little bit, but but um, but often I think I have to come to terms with what my genre is, since I mostly write genre fiction fairly early yeah. in the process. Because I think if you wait too long, you are just true that you're going to put a big burden on yourself you're gonna have to do a lot of cleanup work and that's not as fun as the initial writing so if you have a better sense of your genre then you know this is a romance and so these two people are going to get together and that's going to be my climax or it's a mystery and finding out who did it is going to you know and at least you've got a little bit of the structure when you start and that can be really helpful so you don't just write yourself into a uh, a problem alley and then you can't figure your way out or then you have to start all over again or any any of that so so I- yeah and I would think with genre fiction where there are very clear expectations readers have when they come to the book you've gotta know what you're what those are and follow them if that's the story you're going to tell. So that makes a lot of sense to me that you'd ha- really have to nail that down. Yeah. But I think about some, you know, there's, I think there's a little bit of fuzziness around say, um, I guess what gets called creative nonfiction and even poetry, long mm-hmm. form narrative poetry. Uh, so then we get into the question of how do you even define genre? <laughs> we start pulling back the curtain. and Yeah. The, yeah. And the some def- of it, and some of it is self-defined. So as you go out, mm-hmm. you need to define it so that you know who might be interested in it, who might be interested in publishing it, and who might your reader be. But at the same time, a lot of genre is created just by publishers. Um, so people get kind of informed. Oh, you've written a traditional mystery. And they're like, really? I thought it was a this or a that. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, 
Or even down to, um, I had a friend who had um, three books in sort of a mystery series published by Harlequin, who does different, slightly different genres. And um, she would go into a bookstore and her three books would be in three different places. So if you were looking for one, two, and three in the series, you wouldn't see them together because one was in romance and one was in mystery and one was in regular fiction. So there is some confusion, I think, between publishers and bookstores and all that good stuff. But yeah, you're right. I think it would be great to talk to Marie about this. Um, So I'll just give you a little bio on her. Um, I met her many moons ago (laughs) at a writing conference when we were unpublished writers and just really loved talking to her and stayed in touch. She is the author of... um, several acclaimed young adult novels and uh, very interestingly enough her most recent book uh, is a picture book um, that she co-wrote with her husband called Green Green a community gardening story which I'd love to hear about Um, she lives in Pennsylvania and the interesting thing about Marie is not only is she a writer but she is a senior literary agent uh, with the De- Jennifer DeChiara Literary Agency in New York and um, also represents YA no- uh, novelists and, I believe, adult fiction. So we'd love to talk to her about what she knows as an agent and an author um, and genre and how she balances all that stuff. Um, so let's go call her up. Great. Hi, Marie. It's so great to see you. Hi, Meredith, and hi, Kristen, I believe, right? Yes, it's great to meet you, Marie. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for being here. Yeah, and um, as, I, we read, as I said, we read the bio earlier, so Kristen got a little taste of who you are. But, I, you know, I, we, we met so long ago when we were baby writers, and mm-hmm. your kids were probably tiny. Right. Mine right. was probably, if you were saying maybe 2005, my son would mm-hmm. have been two, and now he's a sophomore in college. So, whoo. Yeah. That- I know. I think my kids were like, um, my oldest was probably um, just in high school, and now she's a lawyer. <laughs> so it's been a while, you know. It has. Yeah. It has. And we went through a really interesting experience, and I think this is kind of why I encourage other writers when I talk to them that to try going to writing conferences, because I got to meet you, and it was super interesting and learn about your work, and then you pitched to an editor and you got a deal and you mm-hmm. published your first YA after we met and it was super it was just impressive that you can have those moments where you can pitch and meet somebody mm-hmm. and make that connection so that's super right cool. and and it's very interesting because um conferences bring different things to different people so you know as a writer and now as a literary agent I've been to many conferences on both sides now, right? So it's been very interesting. And, and I always tell them, and, and like this speaks to us meeting, I, I tell them, you know, you're going to get interesting things and interesting information, but probably the most influential people you're going to meet are the ones you're sitting next to. So make sure that you talk to the people you're sitting next to, like you and I spoke, and you, you're going to find you're going to learn so much because they're doing what you're doing and, and they're at the stage that you're at. And, you you know, we learn from each other. We learn like so many different connection things like SCBWI and, you know, oh, this conference and oh, have you tried this book? And, you know, um, 
it, it's, you know, I feel like sometimes people overlook that they're so focused on the big opportunity. Right. And, and, it, and it doesn't always work, right? It yeah, doesn't always they're work focused that. on, they're pitching to this one agent and their right. agent could be interested or not or couldn't have room mm-hmm. on their list. You know, it just, it, that could really just fall by the wayside. It's a great experience to, to practice and try to pitch right. just, to, just to see what goes goes on. But I think, um, you know, obviously Kristen and I, we are involved in a local rating organization and that's how we met. You know, mm-hmm. and here we are. Yeah, see, that's, that's great. And then you guys you learn from each other, you inspire each other, you, you're sort of like you're your tribe. So when you go through hard stuff, you know, your family loves you, but your writing friends understand. Right? Yes. I mean, that's fair. Yes. But, yeah. It is. And again, I mean, the support that you get and the ideas that you might um, get from just bumping into somebody who else who also is writing and pitching and yeah. finding their yeah. way in this crazy world of of writing and getting it out there. I wanted to go back and talk to you mm-hmm. about your writing because I know that we talked so long ago, but I've forgotten your whole sort of story. So, so <laughs> your kids, your kid was your kids were in high school at the time when you finally finished your first book that you were ready to sell. Or yeah, what? well, you know, I had I had a book that I had that book in the drawer book. And that was the one I was really pushing for. I, I, I worked on for 10 years. I'm, I'm a very stubborn person. And being stubborn it can be helpful as a writer because you're like, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to polish it. But at a certain point, you got to know, you know, that it's okay to move on, you know, and it doesn't feel okay because you're like, I'm determined. I'm going to do this, you know. So I had this book called um, In and Out of Time. It was a middle grade. And I I just kept, you know, workshopping it. And that's when I started going to SCBWI, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, um, meetings and workshops. And I started submitting it. And this was back in the day when we got the paper uh, rejections. You had to mail out the stuff. And that's how long ago this was, right? So it was bad. It was really, like, it was like you went to the mailbox and you'd get your rejection. You'd be like, oh. You know, and then you'd have to mail them all out again and copy them all. So, I mean, I, I did this for like 10 years. I was working and revising it. I got to tell you, I got it got better and I, I did get personalized rejections, which, you know, we writers are like, we need a personalized rejection. It's it's somehow we celebrate that. Right. Um, but I was, I was also in a writer's group that I put together. And one of the writers in the group was working on this thing and working on working on his own novel. And he said, I feel like I'm polishing the turd. And I thought, oh, my gosh, am I polishing the turd? <laughs> That's <laughs> such a great line. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a moment, you know, it was like maybe I am. And, you know, it wasn't a failure to take that manuscript and put it aside. And I think that's something we have to remember. So that's when I started writing the manuscript that when I met you, Meredith, I was pitching. It was called What I Meant. And instead of 10 years, I wrote it in four months. It just flowed out of me. And, and you know, it was crazy. And, and what I figured out was that I had learned so much from working on that other manuscript. It was such a refresher to like, you know, put that aside and just start. And I was starting at a much higher level of skill instead of fixing all my mistakes, right? So I would say that to anybody who has something that they're just so determined, you know, good for you, stick with it, but know that you probably, definitely, I would say, you definitely have more than one book in you, and I think that's really important. So then I was able to pitch it at this one-minute pitch, right? It was crazy, and I connected with an editor at Random House who asked for it, 
And back in the day, you could like send it straight to them. And I was also trying to get an agent. And the weirdest thing happened, she, the editor really loved it and, and wanted to offer on it at the same time that the agent also reached out to me, who's my agent, Jennifer DeCure, who I now work for as an agency at her agency. Oh. Um, and I also got her reference through a conference. So um, there's something, it's like the Rutgers one-on-one. On, one on one. Have you heard of that one? It's an yeah. incredible conference. I, I recommend anybody look it up. So the one-on-one -on -one conference is run by Rutgers University's uh, Council and Children's Lit, something like that. You know, look it up. If you say one-on-one -on -one Rutgers, it will pop up. So if you're a children's writer, you audition to get in, basically. You send in a writing sample and a check. And if you're approved, you're in and if you're not they'll send your money back and you try again another year but if you're approved you get matched one-on-one -on -one with an agent or an editor and then you do a five-on-five -five with five agents and editors and their writers wow. it's very intimate so the the editor that i had at that conference was alvina ling who's now the head of little brown and she asked me if i wanted an agent i said oh, yeah i want an agent sure and she recommended she said gave me some names and she said and you tell them i sent you Mm. So, so it was a conference, right? It was, it was, you know, the generosity of these people in this conference. Of course, it had to stand up on its own, but it got noticed. You know, it didn't get lost yeah. in in all those emails because my my message line was recommended by Alvina Ling. So, and that's you know, conferences. Important. Yeah, conferences are great. I think also, yeah. and you can talk about it as an agent too. But I feel like mm -hmm. um, what I've heard is it shows a level of seriousness. So you get so many pitches from mm -hmm. you know letters, pitch letter, and and so you're sorting yeah. through them all. And someone saying that they met you at a conference or something, I would imagine that would stand out because that shows. I'm taking my career really seriously, so I'm willing to travel right. and focus, and and maybe I'm less of a crazy person. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's not always a guarantee, but there's plenty. There's all kinds out there. Wee, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, folks. Um, there, it does show a seriousness. And there's just the other day, I got an email from from a writer who had never gone to any of these things, and she's like. I'm right. I'm emailing all the agents that I can find and I want to, I've written a picture book and I want, you know, I want you to publish it. I'm like, you know, I felt so bad. Like I was like, you, you need to start. You need, if you're serious about this, so I, I, you know, I, I don't always write back, but I just felt like I have to write back to this person. I wrote back and I mm -hmm. said, if you're serious about this, which it seems like you are, then you need to know you probably won't get any agents to respond. This is what you have to do. And, you know, go to SCBWI, learn the right ways to contact, learn about, you know, get all your tools and, and follow guidelines. And then you, you have a chance because if without that, you, you can't access the professional side of things. And that's just the way it wow, is. Wow, what a gift that letter that you composed for her oh, was. That's so generous. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people probably don't answer, right? Because it's exactly, just, yeah. just too they much. Don't have, yeah. I feel like they don't have time. That's I imagine really it's nice. just really overwhelming. But I remember taught, when I used to teach writing, I would tell my students, I would say, don't think of it like you're dealing with some enemy combatant that you're writing to imagine the person on the other um, side of your letter is a generous uh, person who loves to read and is really looking mm -hmm. for wonderful projects and if you think about talking to someone like they're a human being 
And also think about it like you would a job interview or, or applying exactly. for something. You're professional. You don't take mm-hmm. it personally. You, you know, someone mm-hmm. says it's not right for me and you go, okay, great. That's actually information I needed to know. So I'm going to move on because it's not like there's one agent <laughs> in the world. Right. That, that's, that's it. You are every single thing you say, I a hundred percent agree with. And, yeah. and you know, the writers sometimes come up with, um, the dream agent, my dream agent, or they build up all this sort of narrative behind, like they're going to go to this conference and they're going to like, maybe I'm a bad example because I actually did connect, but there's many times that I had pitched and I didn't connect. And there's so many times that people have pitched to me and it was just not, you know, I can't represent them. There's many, many reasons, you know, for, you know, whether it's the work or my interest or, you know, things aren't ready, whatever. But sometimes writers come and they think this is it. And they put so much into it, right, Meredith? And, and Krista, I'm sure you've run into this too, where, um, where instead it should be like a learning experience and a connection and listening, you know, if you're, if you're right, if you're pitching, it's not like this is your one shot. You have a million shots. You can always pitch to me. You can always query me. You you don't have to go to a conference to do it. But this is your opportunity to see my reaction. And it yeah. wasn't. From that. I don't think it was that conference. It was a it was a mystery conference that I so I probably was pitching probably a story that wasn't even very far along, and I can't even remember who I pitched it to. But I got a right. better uh, sort of manuscript, and I went to a mystery conference, and I pitched it, and I and I believe it was Meg Ruley, who was delightful. And um, I walked in, it was my turn, and I sat down and Meg really goes, oh, well, you look normal. And I looked, and I tried to see who had just gotten up, because I was so focused, you know, on, I've got to find my person, okay, that's her thing, and there's her thing, and I didn't even see who had gotten up. And then we had a little conversation, and she was so sweet, she goes, this is just too dark for me, but I'll tell you someone else in my agency. And and that was just a, that was a sort of generous spirit that I think you have to be really open yeah. to. If I thought Meg Ruley is the only agent I can have, then mm-hmm. I could have been devastated by her saying it's right. not really for me, but you know, you listen, yes, yeah. exactly. You listen. She says it's too dark mm-hmm. and you go, well, I'm not going to make it less dark. That's my story. So mm-hmm. But I would, yeah, but aren't you glad you didn't waste like, you know, six months on submission to her, right? So that was wonderful. You you yeah. were able to know that she's not the right person for you, right? How do you balance yeah. like reading all these people's work mm-hmm. and then writing your own stuff or yeah. how, how does that work for you? You know, it, it's a tough one. I've got to say um, with novels, when I write novels, I don't know how you guys are, but I go so deep. I'm like lost, you know, lost to the world. And like when my kids were little, I would like forget to pick them up from school and I go running after, like I look at my clock and I'm like, oh, and like because we have walking distance to the elementary school. And I go running. How many times I went running there? I saw my reading glasses on. I couldn't see, you know. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to agenting, like, Agenting is such an all-encompassing thing, and there was a lot to learn, you know? I mean, as a writer, you're on the other side. Even if you have an agent, there's so much you don't know and see. So I had to learn a lot. I had to get my clients, all that stuff. So really, for quite a while, I just didn't really write much at all. And um, we're talking years. This is, you know, I really... um, And I had to kind of, again, start to carve out 
writing for myself. Um, maybe some people are better at this, but I am sort of like an all-encompassed person when I do stuff. I'm in. I'm in. You know, like I am with writing. I'm with that with agenting. So it finally got to the point where, like, I all right, I get it. Like I've got all this under control. Like agenting is so interesting. That every day there's something like I'll call Jennifer up. I'll like this happened. She's like, well, that's never happened before. You know, we're always learning. So you never done with that but I felt like what I do now is I save my Fridays for my writing and yeah. that seems to have worked out pretty well um and I was able and I also started writing short things as, as Kristen mentioned I've, I've done um picture books right so I have two picture books that I've I've uh, published and I have some more that are out on submission for me like I can concentrate on the arc of it and like you know like one of them was like 48 words like I can do that you know <laughs> so now I'm just finally and then I've also have a chapter book series out on submission that I've written and I'm like kind of getting back into novels and I have a YA novel that I'm I'm kind of getting back into but it, it's not easy I have to say for you know everybody's different right some people are very they can really compartmentalize stuff um I'm not as great at that I have to say passionate about all these different um, hats that you wear and want to do them thoroughly and well and it's so yeah I can see how it would be hard to move from the agenting into the writing and back and forth with any kind of um, immersion in either yeah. but, it, but it sounds like you're finding tools or techniques for making that happen carving out a day right um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you can get a lot done. And, and you know, all week, it's the back of your mind. And then you have the weekend. Like, I, I finally, like, in the beginning, I just work all the time, all day, all night, all weekend. And now I'm like, mm-mm, <laughs> evenings to myself, weekends to myself, Fridays are my, you know, it's, you have to realize you're never, ever, ever going to catch up. And once you accept that, <laughs> all things happen. <laughs> just can't. You can't keep up. Yeah. So you mentioned some of the variety of genres in which you're writing and mm -hmm. a couple things. One, Meredith and I would love to know a little bit more how it is that you think about which genre a project will be in. So you're doing uh, these novels, picture books, writing for young adults, writing for young readers, young adults, adults. Mm -hmm. Thing. And you're doing, it sounds like you're doing a number of the projects at the same time. So yeah. dipping, doing some on this project and some on that project um, while they're all in process. How, yeah. yeah, how are you managing that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the one thing that um, is very helpful for me in being a writer and an agent is that I have to finish what I begin. I'm very much like, I don't. I don't like having things like half done anywhere. So I have to say that I was really, um, I had done my manuscript for Green Green, which I co-wrote with my husband, a Green Green, a community gardening story. We got that out and we sold that. I did my manuscript for A Day So Gray, which um, Clarion picked up. It's, the illustrations are so pretty. Aaliyah Marley did a beautiful job. Did that, got that done. And then I had all these other project ideas, right? So we have like sort of these ideas that were springing. I have a Y novel that's been sitting there for years. That's just been, this is the one that I want to go and write. But the um, I had a whole bunch of other picture books that 
um, they're very different, right? So one is sort of has a nonfiction kind of basis about old houses. Another one's about weeds. And then I had this um, chapter book series that I was working on with my daughter. And I have to say, when the pandemic hit, I hate to use the P word, but I'm going to use it, pandemic, um, a lot of writers, uh, I could see this in my clients too, um, some of them just became like, they escaped in their writing and they became very prolific and they took this pause as an opportunity. Me, nope. I like my mind just shut down. Like I need to feel so good and free to really create. And I just didn't feel that way. So for me, it all kind of like froze, right? It was like, you know, like just everything was like zap, frozen, right? So I had the, I had several ideas that were kind of part way along. And uh, they all sat there and like I said, I have to finish what I begin. I, I just, I, it really bugged me. So this past year, I've just been going through and finishing every one of those projects. And so it was two picture books that I got done. And then that middle grade uh, series uh, that I'm, you know, I did wrote the full, um, it's a chapter book series. I wrote the f- full first one and I have four sequels proposed. Got that out, got them all done. and. And I still have another picture book series that um, it's kind of bugging me. It's like right behind the computer when I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's like right there. Like I want to finish, but I also want to do this YA novel. And I think I'm just going to, if I wait to finish everything before I go into the novel, I feel like I'll never get to it now. So um, it's it's definitely a compulsion. I think that's what we, we can all agree on as a writer, like things that nag at you. Like you got to do it. You got to do it. It's there. It's there. It's there. So um, that's the beauty of having it written down versus in your head. Yeah, it's it's there. And you can, you you know, when I pulled all these out of my dusty pile of manuscripts that were, you know, they froze when the pandemic hit, I was actually quite amazed at how they were just about done. Every single one of them was just about done. I'm like, wow. You know, wow. um, oh, that's- yeah. That you- that you recognized how you work and don't work rather than thrashing yourself, say, through the pandemic to ch- mm-hmm. just eat yourself um, up about not being able to get into the writing, but to recognize that, you know what, mm-hmm. not a condition in which I can do that, and then recognize when the conditions are right again, and and then what a yeah. next to find that they were all so close. Yeah, it was, it was pretty surprising. And, you know, you really touched on something about you really do have to accept at certain times in your life that your writing is going to slow down and, and you have to be okay with it. And I think we're all nodding our heads. If, if anybody's a mother or a father and they had a colicky kid, you know, you thought I'm never going to write again. What is this? You know, and then you have your second kid and you're like, Oh, the first one actually went pretty quick. You know, like you get kind of this perspective that time passes and you, you're going to be okay, you know? So, you know, if, if you're having difficulties in your life or or something in the world is like messing with your head or you're just too busy for a little while or you're going to attend to something important in your life and your writing has to sit aside, you have to have almost like the grace for your creativity mm-hmm. to say, you know what? It's a long career. I'll get to it, you know? like oh, you, you, And not even that, just also confidence. I I love your confidence. And that's, I think, something you 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 give yourself grace, but you also say, I'm a writer. This is Mm -hmm. just a little blip, you know, right? I I, I sometimes will look so I keep a bit of a journal in terms of I sort of report to myself what I've accomplished. uh, Writing wise, you know, I'm a bullet journaler. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I'll have a whole month where I'll go like, Oh, well, this month, I'm going to 
revise my YA mystery and by the end I'll have this thing and then I look back and I'm like well you only worked on it seven days what was and you realize you needed a break right your head needed a break and you took a break and then you know what you jumped into it the next month and you were ready to work Mm -hmm. you know and so Mm -hmm. giving yourself that grace and not thinking to yourself oh well I'm never writing again clearly because I spent a week not writing yeah exactly I know what do you think about that Kristen you were going to say something about like the um, right now, I just so appreciate what both of you have said along these lines, because right now I'm taking care of my dad who has mm-hmm. to living with him. And it is a wild ride. And I, I am not writing, but mm-hmm. I also, I think maybe I'm just old enough and have done it long enough or something that I, I don't feel really anxious about it. I right. do knew when but this is life i i have no i have no idea what will be next for mm-hmm. him and we'll you know adjust as we go but it is a time that i recognize my husband's like i thought you were like said you were like gonna be able to sit down for two hours I'm like you know what it uh, doesn't happen you know your brain is not there yeah that's oh, right logistically i can't i yeah. find my dad lost this thing or broke that thing or we need to take him to the you know doctor right, I need right. you can't control that you can't control that right that's that's what it comes down to you're right and then the other thing I think we always have to remember is that life is messy life is complicated but it's also from a writer's point of view it's our fodder it's the material it, it shows us what's important um and it changes us you know so I think, like you say, you kind of have to lean into it. Um, you know, I, I, I and, and knowing that we are writers and, and that's what we identify with, like like Meredith was saying, I mean, I feel like, you know, some, there's so many uh, folks that I, I speak with, like at conferences and things like that, where they don't realize they're writers. They are writers, right? But they, they, they just, they don't feel legitimate. And it's, you know, all you have to do is say, I'm a writer and express yourself, you know, yeah. and, yeah. you know, we all went through that painful thing where you just people say, well, what do you do? And you say, I'm a writer. Oh, have I read your book? And you don't have a book, right? <laughs> like, it's like such a painful moment. You're like, oh, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, well, I don't think you really are. Well, and also it's like, yeah. do you want to measure yourself by other people's, you know, I, you know, it, you don't have a New York Times bestseller. Does that mean you're not a writer? No, that does not mean that. We have a very good friend and she's um, has a, has had some great success recently publishing with small presses. And for her, it was like she went the agent route and she wasn't really getting anywhere. And so she realized I have to change it, my approach. And now she's having some success and so it's just super interesting to see like you can find audiences and not everything is going to be a random house Mm -hmm. book um right uh, Right. that's so true and to let go of that and think well this book i want this book to find people that love it and um, right i know and you know i see a lot of really great books in my inbox i use query query tracker people send it to me through query tracker right now i probably i apologize i probably have about 500 queries and i'm not exaggerating sitting there right now it's tough you know to keep up with it but i see an awful lot of books and i don't always pass on them because they're not good writing i pass on them because 
I know that I can't bring them to the commercial market with success. And that does not mean, as you would say, that it's not a successful book, right? Because it might be a regional book. It might be a university press book. It might be a, a great genre book that, you know, that it, there's already sort of a glut in the regular thing, but the genre presses are doing wonderful. Hey, you might get a, an award for that, you know, that book. But, um, you know, and, and then the other thing we, we can't discount is that now you can actually publish your own books without like it being the good old vanity press back in the day where you know if you wanted to publish your own books you had to sink in a ton of money and it was the old printing press and by the time they turn on the printing press and they shut it off immediately it spit out about ten thousand copies it's very fast They're like and they would all be in your garage right <laughs> i mean now we have you know print on demand we can we can you know you can actually reach your readers in many different ways so um, you know, it's an exciting time, I think, to be a writer. Um, you know, you're not, you're not stuck waiting. If you don't, if you, if you can't get through that, that way, you can always, you know, think about poets with chapbooks, you know, like you can print up your poetry and go to these festivals. What a great thing that is now, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. Wonderful. I mean, do you, do you feel that your, um, your agenting and sort of reading all this work all day, do you feel it infects your work at all? Or do you feel that it enriches your work? Or do you feel like there's any back and forth for you? Yeah, it's a, it's a little tricky sometimes because I can't let, you know, I, I have to keep my voice, right? That's the really important thing. You have to keep that integrity of your voice. And I, I, I think I, I have a pretty good sense of who I am now. I think that's that's what we're saying, you know. And, and before that, I think I used to, like, in college and stuff, I'd read a book and I'd write a story and it would be in that person's voice. I mean, like, no, I'm not like some some 80-year-old man down on the Bowery, but here I am writing like I am, you know. Like, I would just suck up anything, you know. And we do that as writers, right? We we copy dialogue. We, we copy style. We, you know, likes we have our, our love of our literature and stuff. And... Um, but it's when you really find your voice and are expressing yourself, that's when you're, that's when you're moving ahead. Right. So I think knowing, knowing who I am and knowing my voice well enough, I haven't run into anybody. It's like, oh my gosh, that's me. You know? <laughs> so, um, I'm weird enough. I think that, that's, that's what I'm about. <laughs> we, <you know. laughs> well, and, and people think about being weird as some sort of liability, but I think, you know, the uniqueness, um, it's sort of like when you read someone's uh, book and you know you'll instantly recognize the author if you ever right. read a second book by them. And what a, what a valuable thing that is, you know, as opposed to an invisible author, you know. Right, really... exactly. I mean, there's all different kinds of writing again and stuff, but, um, you know, that's me. I, I you know, I'm, I popped out into this world just like this, and I, I am who I am. I'm like, Papa, I am what I am, you know? And um, it comes through my writing. And, uh, you know, I think all the clients that I have, they all have very strong voices as well. And that's probably, you know, what drew me to them as an agent. So, you know, when uh, Rob Costello or Corey Ferenkopf or Aaron Tegan or all these other people, I like you said, you could... I, they could all be writing the exact same story and I would know exactly who, who's who, you know, like they mm. just have such distinct voices. So, 
do you um, do a lot of editing with your clients? Do you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, I do. And you know, it, it, some don't need much, and sometimes we go through several rounds of stuff, or we, you know, we brainstorm. But I, I have started off as an editor as well. I worked in uh, publishing for a little while and some small presses, and um, and as a writer, I'm just very editorial, right? So, like, I'm working on a picture book with a client right now, and we're on our. Th- fourth pass back and forth um she's written a ton of great picture books and you know i she's using my point of view to kind of bounce off of like you would with a writer's group right so like i can pick pick out the plot hole in there and i i won't write it for her but i will say here's a plot hole what do you think you know that kind of thing so we do a lot of that and then we're before we go off to on submission to editors i always read all the way through and I, you know, will clean it up and make sure it's just right. You know, there's, before we send it out, you kind of have to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so great. That is so great. Well, well, this has been so much fun, Marie. I'm infinitely grateful to you for taking the time to speak with Meredith and me today. And um, yeah, we're excited to see what what comes next for you yeah. what a pleasure to be here that went fast guys i'm like i'm like oh that was we're done already yeah and i i know you guys i think you're both based in virginia area is that correct you're both down there so i am going to be at the james um james river uh, writers conference in october so if you guys are there or anybody who's listening is there i'd love to love to meet you guys face to face that would be awesome we had um the head of the jrw yep. on and I kind of made a promise that I would try to go this year. So I think well, again, here you the go. extra push that I, I have to do it. It was really fun chatting with you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Marie. Bye. Well, it was really lovely to talk to Marie. Um, it was so great. She's so amazing. And Meredith, as always, don't you just feel like we could go on and on and on? We could talk there's so many things for hours to for just... hours but you know yeah. some of us have to go make dinner and um <laughs> deal with our life family calls. yes exactly life calls the, the 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 computer and the manuscript call so hopefully i will see you in person in virginia soon and we will be back next month with another exciting guest yes that sounds great Bye for now, Meredith. Bye-bye.